Hey, here we go. New intro. <laughs> yeah. New morning. Yeah. New, new month. Uh, new month. New morning. Uh, new. Uh, hopefully, this is coming over Facebook Live right now. Is what? Uh, yeah. Is what we're hoping. We're hoping for. If it doesn't, I guess we'll still be. At, or we're still going to be on Spotify no matter what. Correct. Correct. So that'll be the nice thing. And then, uh, uh, nice thing about being on Facebook Live, if people start coming in, they can bring us comments, ask us questions, whatever they want to do. So call us stupid, whatever they want to do. We're hey, whatever they want to do. Whatever they want to do. So what? Uh, yeah. So we're kind of excited. Got a guest today. Actually, we got a couple guests today. We got uh, buddy Mitch coming on. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL. And then Nolan wanted to do a town of the day. So we got yeah. uh, a gentleman coming from Valentine, Nebraska. Yes. He's going to tell us a little bit about that area. Um, and this was just a town Nolan went on a map and picked out. And so if there is a town out there that you want to learn more about, let us know. And we will contact that town and uh, and see what's going there on. Go. Hopefully we get some listeners and some viewers down there. Um, I went in and liked their their chamber Facebook page, their they had a few things in there that were that were kind of cool. So yeah, it's a um, big touristy place too as well. They've got some uh, cool rivers, some falls, some some big golf courses, I guess too. Down yeah, there, yeah, so. that's that's what I saw on there. So and then they got like this really cool bridge that I saw. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I did. That was a nice bridge. bridge. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I'm gonna ask. I'm not a big I, bridge fan, especially at that height. Correct. No, I'm with you on that. But uh, yeah, it's a little. So we'll we'll see what they have to say. So we're excited yeah. about that. So, uh, yeah, our new ahead. setup, if you can see on our screen, we've got a little ticker going on the bottom telling us uh, basically what is on the show today. Um, odds are that's not all the stuff. We'll have some other stuff. We do got to touch on a little baseball uh, because we're getting into the uh, the heat of the pennant races uh, coming up here in September. So we'll go. be talking about that we've got our nfl predictions uh mitch is going to come on with his uh, we're going to talk some officiating talk a little bit about what he does other than officiate um we have a we're going to bring up the ref shortage as well and i'm sure that's probably out in your area as well along yeah. with the rest of the united states so absolutely yep and that's uh i tried to get a soccer ref on here for today but unfortunately he had to work so oh, okay yeah. those those people that work and try you know it's kind of yeah. a Kind of a bad deal. I think Working. you got to be in shape for to be a soccer ref, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've really seen. I'm going to ask Mitch, but I'm pretty sure he's not in shape, and he's a football <laughs> ref. So I've been. <laughs> well, when you're in football, you just stand on the sideline, right? And yeah, there you go. This way, first down. Yep. Yeah. Move the chains. Yep. So, right so yeah. Right well, let's. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Well, I just kind of wanted to had my two kids last night. Sammy played in his first varsity football game up in Burnsville, about an hour north of here, and uh, they won 20, 29 to eighteen. They is he were a down. He is a defensive end. Defensive and, end. That's right. Yep, and they were they were down uh, eighteen to seven starting the second or starting the fourth quarter and came oh, back okay. and won. Yeah, so they really wow. uh, they really kicked butt. And then uh, fourth quarter team. Then my uh, youngest daughter, Lily Rose, started her first varsity game last night and uh, got her first yellow card. She <laughs> kind of yeah, kind of bullied go, a, Lily. She bullied a gal from Faribault, and they gave her a yellow card. And one of her teammates kind of stuck up for her, like that wasn't. And then that gal got a yellow card too. So two of uh, her teammates, her and her teammate, got a yellow card. And then, but they won the game five to nothing, and that was their first win. So okay, what was the what was what the infraction? Was, uh, she pretty much ran over the girl. 
I mean, it oh. was like a, just ran her over. And so, oh, well, she's got to learn to move, I guess, huh? <laughs> the girl, yeah. <laughs> Get out of the way. Little uh, Rose and, is coming through. So it, and I don't want to, this official, we've had this official before and Lily has always had problems with official in her soccer career because this, this certain official doesn't like to call physical games. Very oh. wants it played. And is this one you tried to bring on this morning? The no, 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 no. He was so I was sitting next to him, and he said, "I wouldn't have called that." Is what he said. Oh, okay. So, um, so he's his daughter plays on Lily's team, and he said, "I'd never would have called a yellow card on that. It's not yellow card worthy." But you know, I respect all the officials, and they do what they want to do. And if she wants to call it a tight game, I just told Lily on the way home, I was like. Next time she's there, you just got to remember you can't get away as with as much as you would with somebody else. So, yeah, which she understood, but she's like, I still don't think I deserve a yellow card. And I'm like, well, no, there's that. But hey, so but that's it. How about you? Kids are in well, school, right? Did they start yep, school yet? All the kids are in school. Um, had uh, volleyball last night. Uh, we got football tonight. Heading to the Twin Cities. We'll be hooking up possibly on Saturday sometime. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. I was talking about, I seen on Facebook uh, yesterday, a guy had uh, NDSU Bison tickets. I'm thinking, well, that'd be kind of cool to go to NDSU. But so I called him. I'm like, yeah. I said, what time's the game? He said, all oh, 2.30. I said, oh, I said, oh, okay. Well, I said, I kind of wanted to be in the Twin Cities by then. He goes, well, they're playing at US Bank Stadium. I'm like, that makes it even better. Yeah. So the NDSU Bison are going to be at US Bank Stadium tomorrow. So we got some tickets, so I'll be there. Maybe you, who knows? Section yep. 119, we're in the end zone. Okay, well, I might have to make it up. I still haven't seen Becky yet. So she um, she went to that football game last night but in the cities to watch Sam, and then she didn't get home till late. And I was, you know me, my 8.30. Did you send her time. an invite so she can join the podcast and talk uh, about the game last night? Or she probably wouldn't? She, she is working right now, so we can't. Oh, uh, yeah. So we gotcha. can't have her. And yeah. them full-time jobs, I tell I'm you, they get all of these the whole patient stuff, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. But well, so well, there you go. Well, how about uh should we bring on our man Mitch and let's talk yep. a little bit about his uh his two passions in life, work and uh, officiating. And maybe he has others, I don't know. So there we go. <laughs> but there all right. he is. Hey Mitch, how's it going? Hey there. morning, fellas. Good morning. All right. Oh, we we uh We've been kind of talking about doing a show with officials. Um, this was a while back, and we thought, well, we'll wait till football season. Now football season's in full swing, and uh, you and I text every once in a while about, hey, where are you at, stuff like that. And you're all over the place. You're up in the Minot area now. And um, I guess talk a little bit about what you do up there in the Minot area, and then we can get into the, uh, the officiating. Yeah, my, my career's kind of taken me a little bit of every part of North Dakota here. Uh, uh, up here in Minot right now, I work for, uh, uh, so my career, I've been an educator my whole career, and I've been a teacher, a principal, a superintendent. And last year, I transitioned out of the uh, one school setting. And what I did is I, I worked for an REA, which is a regional education association. So we support uh, area schools. So we support all the schools in that northwest area, that Williston, Divide County. So all the way up to that Can uh, Canadian border. And what I do for them is I, um, I'm a school improvement coach. So the state of North Dakota has a list of students or sorry, a list of schools that qualify for a 
program called Target School Improvement or Comprehensive School Improvement. So that takes your schools that are um, rated with the school accountability data, like student performance, and you get put on the bottom 10% of that list and uh, you get some money from the state to help improve your school. And, and a guy like me comes in and helps work with your school improvement team to identify those goals and uh, try to boost scores and student engagement. And so um, I do that in the area. And, and I also help schools with accreditation reviews. Uh, every five years, every school in North Dakota has to get accredited. Yeah, a team comes in, makes sure that everything's in line with finances, teachers, education curriculum. And I help prepare schools for that visit statewide. So I get a chance to go as I've, I've been to East Fairview, North Dakota, which you've never heard of. There's a Fairview, Montana, but there's an East Fairview, North Dakota, and both have an elementary school, but the high school is in Montana. So it's a, oh, okay. a weird, uh, very unique situation, but uh, I've gone as far east as Valley City, so I cover a pretty large area of the state. Well, Mitch, you, uh, you've done a lot of officiating. Um, obviously, football is probably your main one. You've got some... Uh, you do some baseball, basketball. I'm wearing last year's Region 8 baseball tournament shirt that was in Hedinger. And uh, uh, we're friends. I, we, we talk off the diamond, off the football field. And when we get on the field, it gets a little bit more intense because the only thing yeah. you hear from Coach Dix is, where was that pitch? Where was it? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're going to kind of talk about some of the things – you hear out of the stands from coaches, um, ref shortage. We, we're going to talk about that a little bit too, because uh, um, North Dakota is already seeing it uh, last night with games being moved to Thursday and some games being moved to Saturday. And you had a story before we went on, so let's kind of talk about. Let's talk about the ref shortage uh, first off, not only in North Dakota but probably nationwide. Yeah, so it, it's kind of depends on what sport you do. So I. I umpire baseball, ref football, and I ref basketball, uh, all at the high school level. And basketball right now, we're pretty healthy. I've been in the Bismarck, or I'm sorry, the Dickinson Association and the Minot Association, and they're both pretty healthy to where we don't have to move games. We got three guys every night. But then when you get into football and baseball, uh, baseball this spring, uh, if you watch an MLB game, they always have four umpires. If you watch a playoff game, they have six umpires. Well, the shortage is getting to the point where – all across North Dakota, we're doing games with only one umpire uh, wow. behind the plate. And you have to call fair foul all the way from line to line. You have to call every out at every base, watch tag ups. It's it, it's very difficult to do. But I do have to say this. When coaches, when they realize, holy cow, there's only one umpire out there, they they, they kind of keep it muted. They, they understand that we make mistakes because we're not in the best position. So... I do got to say that that coaches are fantastic when they see that, that we're short officials that at a football game, when we normally have four or five guys um, I know uh, I've done a JV game where we only had two guys. Well, we had a third, we had a third guy on the crew, but it was some Yahoo from the crowd uh, named Nolan that came and helped <laughs> us for a JV game. So he really didn't count as a third official, but uh, but yeah, it, but it was it, probably it one of the better ones out there. I, I was told. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. You, you're in my top 50% of junior high football officials, Nolan. <laughs> <There you laughs> hey, thanks buddy. But, Appreciate it. 
but yeah, baseball, we did a lot of one man crews and then football, uh, uh, we're last night we saw the shortage. Well, this week it's Labor Day weekend and a lot of us have families and, and want to leave for the weekend like other people. And so this weekend we moved two of our games that were scheduled for Friday. We moved them to last night and then we took four games today, today, and we moved two up to five o'clock and moved two back to eight o'clock so that those crews could do the five o'clock game and the eight o'clock game drive 20 miles and cruise over there. And hopefully we're hoping not for an overtime in that first game. And so that, that shortage is out there last week. I did a, um, I, uh, was doing my first white hat game, uh, as a nine man level. So those who don't know the, there's usually five officials in football and, and they all wear black, uh, hats with white stripes, except for one guy who has a white hat and he's in charge. So did my first white hat game and we did four guys to towner, two of which were first year officials, one being 19 and one being 20 years old. So uh, very, very green group, but, but they did an outstanding job. It helps that one of them's dad is arguably the greatest coach in North Dakota history and Larry Sandy. So he knows a thing or two about football. Gotcha. So Mitch is that I've always heard that the umps, the refs and all that, the shortages is because of the coaches and the parents. Do you, do you think that's the number one reason or is it like, I remembered my, myself growing up, you know, my youth football games are on Saturday mornings is what they were. And so we always had refs and then like the, the high school games were on Friday night and they always had refs. Well, now it's like, just like last night, my daughter plays varsity soccer. My son plays varsity football and there's games going on at the same time everywhere. So is it that the parents and the coaches are, and, I, and I've seen it, I've been part of it. I yelled at a ref once and, and then I felt terrible afterwards, but, or is it just a little bit of both? Like there's just so much going on and people have so much going on. Or, yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I think football and baseball are a little bit different monsters. Football, uh, you're working one, maybe two days a week. You're working on a Friday night or a Saturday night. Uh, mm-hmm. And those are popular nights to spend with your family and sure, do family sure. trips. And, and with football, since you're only doing one game a week, uh, you really got to put a lot of homework in. Like, for example, tonight, I'm uh, the game that I'm reffing, and I won't say that since we're Facebook Live. I don't want to have anyone chatting me up out in the stands tonight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I, we, we got groups group messages with our officials and uh, just got a whole bunch of video sent game tapes of uh, both teams so that we can review and prepare and be ready for their offenses. So there's a lot of time. I'd say I probably put about two or three hours uh, a week at least into film prep, uh, getting in the rule book, watching uh, videos on YouTube to officiating videos and getting better at it. And that that's asking a lot for, if you're doing one varsity game a week, you get paid 90 bucks to ride in a car for an hour and a half, get there an hour early, ref a two hour game, hour ride back, mm-hmm. not a whole lot for 90 bucks. And then with yeah. baseball, baseball is, is another monster, I think, because you're so much closer to the crowd. You're right. The crowd's right on top of you. The coaches are right on top of you. Uh, the players are right there. And everything's so much more personal. Uh, you know, in football, if a coach yells at me, odds are the crowd's not hearing it. Uh, right. And when and, and in baseball, 
when a coach yells at me, that tells the, the crowd hears it. And that tells the crowd, oh, <clears throat> this umpire screwed something up. So now they get on me. And then yeah. uh, the coaches are on me. The, the, the parents are on us. Well, that what do the kids do then? Right. They get right. on us, too. So it just kind of just keeps rolling and rolling. And a lot of the officials I work with, they can narrow it down to one game. There's just, they're at the, you know, they're, they're on the rope of whether to continue doing it or not. And then they just have that one game where everything goes wrong, where they know they're bad. They know they miss the calls and the coaches and the players are letting them know they miss those calls. And it just eats at you because I will say as an official, nothing worse is making a call that you second guess that ends up being a pivotal call in the game. And you sit there thinking, boy, did I just cost this 17, 18-year-old uh, group of kids a chance at a state championship? Sure. And sure. so so that really eats at us. Yeah. Uh, I know I had a play at the state tournament where uh, I worked the American Legion Class B state tournament this year, and I called an out in that second, and right away I'm just, gosh, it, it, did I get that wrong? And the coach – you know, let me know that he did not agree with my call. He did it very professionally, but uh, that just ate at me because it was a close game. It was a uh, only three, four teams left in the tournament, and each one had a chance chance at a state championship. So that kind of sat in my head. But luckily, I was able to talk to another umpire after the game, and hey, did I get it right? And he said, "No, you screwed it up." <laughs> so <laughs> even though even though I got it wrong, it felt good knowing. Yes, I got it wrong. The game ended up that 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 play didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but for the time being, it was a big play, and all those kind of eat at you as an official, and it leads to guys stepping away. I could I could see that. I could see the, you know, like you said in the football. I don't see fans yelling a whole lot in football, but I've been to basketball games. I've been to baseball games and they are just peppering the ref or the umpire or whatever. And it's just, you know, you're there to make you're you're human. And sometimes there's plays are bang, bang, you know, you don't know, you don't have the, you don't have the replay available like yeah. in the professional world, right. you know? So it's like, you go with what you, with what you thought you saw. And most and of the time people are pretty good, you know, and they just, they're upset and, you know, you just screwed my team, but I mean, it's, you know. And and, and I would say when, when fans are on us, the worst part is when fans are on us and, and no one can attest to this, there's situations specifically in baseball or in baseball and football, like baseball, where you might not call a buck because a kid didn't come to a complete set. But you know what? The kid's struggling. The game's 13 to five and, yeah. and he's struggling. He needs a pitch. <laughs> Or, yep. or you might give a little bit more out here because the kid's just thrown seven straight balls. Those coaches right. understand that. And they know we're going to do that for both teams. If their kid's struggling, you know, no one's probably seen me, you know, give a kid a pitch a couple inches outside. And he knows that was outside. But he's not going to yell at me because he knows I'm trying to get that pitcher back on track to get the game flowing. And he knows sure. I'm going to do the same for his kid if he's in that situation. But fans don't understand that. Uh, right. With football – they tell us, they tell us call felonies, not misdemeanors when we're officiating. So if there's a kid holding and running backs right behind them and that hold creates the play, that's a felony. But if it's a toss to the right side and the wide receiver on the left has a little hold that has no impact on the play, 
you don't throw the flag. And sometimes fans don't understand that. Coaches do, but fans don't. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. But nope. it, it, and that makes sense. But when that hold on the opposite side of the field is called on an 80 yard touchdown run that gets brought back, that's where the frustration boils over. And, and, and you mentioned baseball where the fans are on top. There's a fence there, which is nice basketball. We we've seen videos on Facebook where, I mean, coaches have done it. You've got family that runs out on to the court sometimes oh, and, and a confrontation with an official. So, um, you know, I've heard it. I've I've refed junior high, JV basketball, and elementary, and even at the elementary level, you're just like you hear stuff, and you're just like, did I seriously just hear that during an elementary <laughs> yeah. boys wow. basketball game on a Saturday morning when I could still be at home with my family? Yeah. Right, right. You know, yeah. so it, it gets frustrating not only uh, as the official side, but uh, you know, I, being a broadcaster, I have my headset on a majority of the games that I watch, so that first couple of years when Jacob was coming into elementary and junior high, I found myself being a little vocal. I'm like, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you yelling at the ref? But then you hear all the stuff around you. People feed in on the one guy that's, and all of a sudden he's got a group of six guys going, Hey, this guy's horrible. Let's get on him all night, which is yeah. a bad situation. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah. You know, when I, you, you hear people from the crowd, I remember walking into when I was living down near Henninger, uh, I was covering all of Henninger junior high JV football. I was doing about three or four Henninger varsity football games. I was doing all their junior high C squad basketball for boys and girls and doing about six or seven varsity. And I was doing all their baseball. So by the end of the year, Henninger was pretty sick of seeing Mitch Strand at all these games. And I know (laughs) when I walked in the gym, there was sometimes like when I walk into the gym, you can just hear the whole crowd like a group of them go, oh. but I realize it's not that they think I'm a bad official. It's just, Oh, we got Mitch again. What a surprise. Yeah. 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 See, and I always said that too, because when I was doing elementary junior high and some JV, um, I thought I did a job that, you know, you know, I'm sure people leaving, geez, he missed some calls or what I said. I never wanted to be because there's times when I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, while well, even being as a baseball coach, I'm at a regional tournament. I see the three officials walk through the, and I'm like, oh no, not him again. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, but you you get that from not only coaches, players. I even noticed my players even said that that coach, did you see he was behind the plate today? I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, oh, that last time he uh um, he never gave me that outside strike. I'm like, you know what? It's new game. Let's yeah. go out and throw that yep. strike and see yep. what happens. But yep. so yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy what what fans, coaches players um i i think we probably have it lucky up here in north dakota because as you yeah. said we've seen videos down in texas at football games or in other places in bigger cities games. just big bigger yeah, city bigger, yeah yep. gets and, a little crazy yeah it sure does yeah sure and, does. and i think every year is a new year for me like i went uh i think my first four or five years umpiring baseball at about five, five ejections uh four of them being from the same team, three of them, the same person. So, uh, but then I went four years with zero ejections. And then this year I had four of them. So it, it's weird how for four or five years, I had nothing close to an injectable offense, but this year I had three or four no brainers, like just thinking kid, why would you say that? Or why would right. you do that? Yep. 
So knowing Major League Baseball, Mitch, you know, if they if they argue balls and strikes, they give them a little, you know, very little wiggle room and then they're out. You are you the same? Is like if if Dixie here comes out and like Jeepers, Mitch, that pitch was, you know, great. What what, what do you do? Do you let them chat a little bit or do you if it's disrespectful are they gone right away or what do you you know it all depends you, you got to draw a line early you gotta you gotta put your foot in the sand and say hey this, this is how far you can take a coach uh and the nice thing with umpiring you 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 build a camaraderie with a lot of coaches i can say i probably umpired six, uh 50 games that no one's been in um uh coach for so you build a rapport and it's kind of a two-way street you know what you can say to that coach without irking them off, but also mm-hmm. you can say to a coach, Hey coach, Hey, if I miss that, that was my fault. Hey, okay. I, I got you. I'll keep an eye on that. But there's some coaches you can't say that to because if they, if you admit that you got something wrong, they're going to mm-hmm. run with that and get on you later. Uh, but yeah. It, and, I, and I've had that a few times. I had one in Shiloh. I had one in South Hart or in uh, Belfield. Um, we got a bad call home plate, never got the run. It was a close game. And as I'm walking by the ump stops, he goes, Hey coach, sorry about that. I screwed up. I'm like, all right, not a problem. I get back to the dugout. I'm like, seriously? I said, yeah. I, so I don't know if it's better that you just, you know, don't say nothing to me at all and say, <laughs> you know what, after the game, I'll say, yeah, you know, remember that call. But you know, during the game, I'm just like, man, he just cost me a run and it's three to two. We're getting, we're behind. Yeah. So yeah. that really kind of piles on, but I mean, it, it, it's nothing that's going to really get heated. Well, I don't know if I'd ever come out and say, hey, coach, by the way, sorry, I missed that. I might approach it as, hey, coach, hey, did I get that call? Like, there's coaches yeah. I know who won't yell at me prior, and I can just go up to them right after a close call. Hey, coach, did I get that one right? And if they say, no, Mitch, he was safe. Hey, sorry about that. I'll get the ne- next one. So I yeah. think it's that way you approach it, but – yeah, it, it depends a lot on what the coaches are saying to you. If it's personal, that's what they really uh, preach sure. in baseball. If yeah. they're talking about the zone, they're talking about the zone. If they say, hey, hey, where was that pitch? Hey, come on, be consistent or be consistent. But when they say your zone is awful, you're a bad umpire. Okay. You know, yeah. that's when it's personal. That's when it uh, elevates to possible ejection. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I can't. I think the last. Yeah, the level of play also matters too. Uh, I've done some summer league baseball with the college baseball, and I've done junior college baseball. You give a longer rope to those umpire or to those managers than you do maybe a Babe Ruth 19 year old kid who's coaching a whole bunch of 13 to 15 year olds. You know, I'm not going to take much lip from a kid, but a guy who's been coaching for 20 years at the college level, I'm going to let him talk to me a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in your, I've known Nolan for like 22 years, never seen the guy get upset at all. Does he get upset or is he? Uh... Yeah, no, there was one play. It was down, <laughs> it was down in Hazen or uh, down in Henninger against Hazen. And it was one of those games where uh, the other team was chirping the, the head at each other. You know, both teams were chirping at each other a little bit. It was heated and that's, at that time, and this was years ago, that group of kids kind of had a little rivalry. And uh, uh, there was a play where uh, in baseball you have to rotate. So there was a runner on first. I was behind home play. Uh, and there was a 
going to be a play at third base on a gap or so in that situation the home plate umpire comes up to third so we got to run full blast wearing shoes that are five pounds you know two to three pounds heavy because they're they're reinforced steel in there so we don't get hurt we got our gear on we got a helmet on and I'm very unathletic as Nolan mentioned earlier so (laughs) I'm sprinting up to third base I get an awful position I cannot see the tag I can't see the hand but I I make an out call and Nolan's right there at at third base coach (laughs) he has a way he has a way better view than I do I probably should have just before (laughs) making a call I should have just asked Nolan hey did he get there because he saw it a lot better than I did and I bang I I bang him out right away and Nolan just says Mitch you gotta be kidding me (laughs) <laughs> it looks like nolan, nolan remembers this because yeah, no, yeah. nolan never ever like said mitch he always was he was very cordial and anything it's balls and strikes but this was a big play late in the game a big game and he was angry and i could tell that so all i did is i said that's it coach and i walked away to the other side of the field i knew he was hot and i knew he I've never seen that side of Nolan and I didn't want to see him get ejected. <laughs> so I just walked away. Yeah. So you and know, I don't think I got to to a point of ejection. I don't, I hope not, but yeah. Yeah. No, there's been some where, yeah, I've got to a point where I'll walk half, like it's a home plate umpire and there'll be a play that something was missed or, and I'll get halfway up the, the third base line. And I start remembering what I tell my kids short memory short memory and I stop and I'm like, and of course I'm mumbling to myself and I turn around and by the time I get back to the coach's box, I'm probably still a little ticked off, but you know, next pitch goes, all right, Hey, here we go. Next batter. So, but it, but it hangs with you. And if you lose that ball game four to three, I mean, sun comes up the next day. And that's a big thing. I tell my kids, it's like, you got to have a short memory, not only in baseball, um, even as an official, you have to have a short memory to the point of if I say something to you in the, in the second inning and you're still trying to get back at me in the ninth going, yeah, I'm going to show that coach when he questioned my call in the second, I'm going to bring this guy up here in the, in the ninth inning. So I think anywhere, and that goes just for the game of life, you got to have that short memory and move on. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm, I, I, I know I had an ejection early in my career and I, I was because I started the game upset at that coach already based off yeah. of what happened the night before. And I'm not saying I ejected him solely because of that. He said some things, but I know my rope was you shorter. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that that uh, I've grown in that to where I, I, I feel like I'm better at that short memory myself. Yeah, there you go. definitely. All right. Well, awesome. What we're going to do, Mitch, we're going to, we're going to put you on hold here just for a little bit. Um, you've got, you got to get your NFL teams prepared, your divisions and all that good stuff. And maybe we'll yep, come back yeah. and talk a little bit more officiating, but uh, we've got another guest we're going to bring on and all the way from Valentine, Nebraska. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back on in a little bit. How about that? Sounds great guys. All right. All right. Well, we're going to, this is going to be our new feature here, uh, Chad. Yeah. So we're going to bring live to the stream. We've got Dean Jacobs. Good morning, Dean. Good morning. How are we doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing? 
We're we're doing good. Looks like you got a little passenger in the your uh, back seat there too, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on the road with my two dogs. <laughs> there you go. Well, That's I kind of surprised you the other night, didn't I? Am uh, uh, a buddy of mine here. We're on our thirtieth episode, and we're trying to do different things every day. We we focused on sports right away. We just got done doing some officiating uh, talk with uh, with an umpire and trying to do something different. I thought to myself the other night, I said, let's do a town of the day. So I flipped, cool. I don't know why I went to Nebraska. I have no idea. <laughs> Typed in Nebraska and I'm starting to scroll down and I see this Valentine just pops out at me. I don't know why. Clicked on it, Googled you, went on the Facebook and uh, seems like a very interesting town with a lot of history and a lot of fun stuff to do. You know, it is. It's got a it's got a long history. It was kind of wild being settled, but uh, you know, now we're kind of known as a tourist type of a town. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was I just did a quick search yesterday and uh both Nolan and myself, not fans of bridges because of you know the <laughs> height in that, but uh I, I did the quote unquote flyover that was on your website there. Um looks amazing. People can you walk across that or is it not or is it off limits to yeah. No, that's uh, that's actually that spans the Niobrara River. Uh, that's a designated national wild and scenic river. So, uh, yeah, it's 150 feet above the river and it's a quarter mile long. So, if you don't like heights, yeah. not for you. It kind of made my heart beat when I was just doing the flyover on online. There, I was like, "There's no way I'd be able to to walk across that." So, so what you're saying is, Chad, we're not going to do a live podcast walking across the bridge. Well, I don't, I don't think that would, not for me, not for me. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys, if I was there, I'd do it for you. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> you've done it obviously already. You've walked across that bridge. Oh yeah. Many times. Okay. I know you bought you know, that's if, you, if you're from Valentine, right? Well, yeah, you know, and uh, I'm the director for the Valentine chamber of commerce. I used to do both jobs. I was Cherry County tourism and chamber. So, you know, I had to promote all those things there is to do and see in the Valentine area. And that was one of them that I had to do. So, you know, when I was a kid, I used to sneak run across that thing uh, when it was a train trestle. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That's giving old... me goosebumps sitting there thinking about that. That yeah. was dangerous. <laughs> yeah. The movie Stand By Me comes to mind when you say yeah. that. <laughs> that's kind of it. That was about a bunch of guys just like that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, I did see, uh, it, and, and maybe I was, you couldn't, you don't even have to rent a, or you can rent an RV there. Is that, so if I was like, I'm not an RV guy, I'm more of a hotel guy and I would never own an RV, <laughs> but if I wanted to go camping, I could just go there and rent one and they'd set it up for me and be ready to go. They would. They, I assume you're not a tent guy then because you can do that in Valentine too. But, uh, yeah, we have camper rentals, easy camper rentals in the Valentine area, Rent a camper, just go take it, go out, do your weekend or week or whatever, bring it back, and you're done. Wow. Now, I would camp. Not tenting. No, you gotta yeah. have a <laughs> yeah. No, you gotta have some AC in the uh, in the <laughs> yeah. camper. Yeah. No. So on I a day have, like today, you want AC, man. It's gonna be yeah. over a hundred here. Yeah, that's, yeah. We're supposed to be upper nineties here. It's kind of a heat wave all across the United States. So yeah, yeah. Right. So, that's good. So you heading out on vacation? Are you? Uh, know what, gentlemen? I'm a brand new grandfather for the first time. I'm going Whoa. to see my grandchild. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Hey, the long yeah. way or? Uh, going down to Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All now, right. were you able to be a part of the uh, 
the big volleyball match the other night in Nebraska? You know, I was not able to be a part of that. My, I know my brother was there. I had a lot of friends there. What an absolutely amazing spectacle that was. Yeah, yeah. 92,000 fans. I mean, we went to a, a Nebraska football game against Wisconsin about six, seven years ago on our way to the Bears-Chiefs uh, game, and we happened to see him in town, so we got tickets. And, I mean, what an atmosphere just from the football side of it. I couldn't imagine yeah, it's putting a, a small little volleyball court in the middle of that and adding seats. <laughs> yeah. 92,003 92, people. Yeah, it was uh, – that's a, that's a – well, it was a world record, so uh, that tells you something about how big that crowd is and how much Nebraskans care about their sports here in, no in uh, the Nebraska. Yeah. I uh, So I will I will say my golfers squeaked one out against the Cornhuskers yesterday, so I was ah. excited about, <laughs> I was excited yeah. about that. That was another <laughs> well, congratulations to the Golden Gophers. That was another just a heart wrenching defeat for Nebraska. Again, we've had way too many of those yeah, in the last yeah, several I think, years. I think old Matt Rule is going to bring that team back to dominance. So, a couple yeah, of years. I have faith. Yep, there you go. So, I just I just wanted to ask you um, the aquifer ale that's in the Bolo beer company. Good stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know there's a big aquifer there. So, I'm. Uh, my, my wife and I will do kind of fun little trips and I'm like, Oh, you know what? I I'm a brewery fan. I like to visit as many breweries as I can. So I'll have to, I'll have to give that one. a Yeah. Shot. You get to Valentine, come to Bolo beer for sure. That aquifer beer, you know, it's kind of one of their lighter beers, but it'll kind of knock you on your butt too. If you have too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever had enough, but my wife might, <laughs> she might tell me different, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. So, but. Well, I'm five hours from there. What are you from Valentine? Me? Chad. Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I, I just looked it up. I'm five hours from there. I'm probably eight to nine, maybe. I, oh, I know really? Omaha. We went to Omaha a couple of years ago. My wife and kids and I, we went there and just had a blast. So people, you know, they think Nebraska, they think middle of nowhere. Well, there's a lot to do in the middle of nowhere. If you really look, there really it. is. Yep. You yep. know, as you guys probably saw on the website, uh, Valentine's not like any other part of the state. You know, right. it's a uh, it's a whole different world up there with the Niobrara River Valley kind of meets the Sand Hills of Nebraska. You know, the Sand Hills that's the largest tract of uh, stabilized sand dunes in the Western Hemisphere. It's, so it's a unique unique geology there. Yeah, yeah, that's I was reading that on there. That's pretty cool. I thought that was pretty awesome. So, so you guys have a big cookoff coming up September 9th. It's a let's see if I say it right, yeah. the Chaduza cookoff. Is that what it is? Well, it's 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 a Caduza cookoff. Caduza. It's named after the creek that actually goes through our park, the Mini Caduza Creek. So it's a Caduza cookoff September 9th. Yeah, we have a bunch of barbecue going on down there all day. We're going to have a couple of getting a couple of bands out of Texas, uh, Born and Bred, and the Will Carter band are coming up to play. So, going to be a heck of a heck of a party. And your oh. biggest party probably comes on February fourteenth. I bet that's just a guess. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Valentine's definitely the heart city. Come Valentine's Day. So, I mean, we we remail thousands and thousands of Valentines that come to Valentine. Uh, it's a program we have. You can mail to Cupid's mailbox and people mail us their Valentine's with a postage on it. Then we stamp it with our, uh, cachet and mail it on. We have thousands of those come from all over the world. Wow. That's, oh, wow. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, that's really neat. That's really oh, neat. Cool. Well, I, you know, 
this is going to be a feature I think we'll probably do every week. Chad gets to pick uh, next week uh, his city or town, so he doesn't know that yet till now. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got homework all next week, but I think yeah. I nailed it here, hitting the, my our first town of the day, yeah. Valentine, Nebraska. So yeah, so check them out. Very cool, guys. I'm glad yeah. you picked us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we liked your Facebook posts and all that stuff. So share us, and hopefully we get some listeners from Valentine, Nebraska. That sounds great. Okay. okay. Well, you have a good trip, Dean. Yeah, and congrats All right, again. Thanks, guys. Congrats yep. again on becoming a grandpa. That's some that's good yep. stuff. So. Hey, thanks, fellas. All right. <laughs> Pretty yeah, happy guy. Yeah. All Take right. care. See ya. Have a good trip. Yeah. See ya. All right, so there you go. There yeah, that was pretty cool. Town nice. of the day. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's bring Mitch back on because he's uh, he's going to be a part of our next two features, our six-pack and our NFL preview, basically, right? Yes. The divisions and yes, 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 wild yes. cards. So what do we want to do for a six-pack of the mm-hmm. NFL well, let's let Mitch let's let Mitch decide since he's our guest today. What do you want to talk about first? Let's go with the six pack. I was excited about this. All righty, all righty. Well, so, so, that was kind of Mitch's idea. I sent him a text. I said, "Hey, here's what we do. What we should do." And he says, "One one hit wonders for." And I, all right, sounds good. Let's do it. So, yeah, I'm down for that. So, I, I think we're you, probably uh, going to have a few of the same. I'm thinking, but you never know. We'll see. You never know. We'll see. So, Mitch, there's a know? lot of bears on mine. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That happens. It does. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's one hit wonders, baby. Okay. Well, should I start off number six? Sure. You go right ahead, Nolan. All right. My number six guy uh, ran for over a thousand yards, 15 touchdowns one year for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then he uh, hobbled up with some knee injuries and never heard from him again. He brought out the old icky shuffle. And it was icky woods, kind of a one season wonder for the Bengals. Very good. Very good. Uh, my number six, uh, replaced Dan Marino for six games a, a few years ago and then signed a huge contract with our favorite football team, the Detroit Lions, and uh, talking about Scott Mitchell. Yeah. Oh. Actually had that one good season. He brought the Lions to 10 and six and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth after that. And then while I was researching it, it said that he was, uh, he actually gained weight. He was up to like 350 pounds is what he oh, was. Wow. Yeah. Kind of got out of training a little bit. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Took that fat contract and really, really made it worthwhile. So yeah. Well, I got Scott Mitchell. No, my number six. All right. I got to say, you just took my number one. That, yeah, Scott that, I think, yeah. Scott Mitchell. I tell you what, uh, when you <laughs> dig deeper, the fact that he had such a long career. Yeah. I mean, 11 years. But yet he only had two years where his TDs, INTs were positive. And that 95 year, who did he lose to in the playoffs? Do you remember? Well, I'm guessing the Phillies, or not the Phillies, the Eagles. Sorry. (laughs) Blew him out. So that game was a game for the ages. Had a Hail Mary to end the first half. Uh, Eagles caught a Hail Mary, 60-yard touchdown. Rodney Pete was our quarterback. So check out some of the names that were on this Eagles roster. Randall yeah. Cunningham got hurt. Rodney Pete came in. Uh, future Dolphins legend Jay Fiedler was uh, the a backup quarterback. Uh, Hall of Famer, all-time reception leader, Art Monk was on that team. And all-time bad boy, Bill Romanowski. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, the Eagles just loaded up on veterans. But, yeah, so I, I'll move my, <laughs> my list up by uh, my <laughs> number six. Go. 
who was my number seven is a Broncos legend who, uh, after the TD era, kind of just busted out uh, and ran for 1,200 yards and never had another season more than 600. That's Alandis Gary. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, remember. I remember him. Yeah, he wasn't around long. Everybody jumped on him for fantasy football and kept him in keeper leagues and never heard from him again. So Right, right, right. So, uh, well, since we're being transparent, my number one was Icky Woods. So thanks a lot, Dex. You stole my number one. <laughs> hey, it's all right. You guys are probably going to take my number one here. So, <laughs> all right. So, well, I'll start number five. And this is kind of like a – this guy kind of wrote his fame and – uh, and actually one game, and that was Timmy Smith, the running back from the Redskins. He had the most rushing yards in the Super Bowl. Um, and then after that, he played like, he played like 12 more games and rushed for 500 yards, and, and that was it. So uh, just kind of that one one game wonder is what he there was. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. I should do my number one so you don't take him, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'll go my number five is back from 1992, ran for 1,700 yards, had 12 100-yard games, broke Franco Harris's record, Barry Foster. Oh, yeah, yep. And then after that, mediocre yeah. 600, 700-yard seasons, that was about it. He, he didn't do much after that 1992 season. So Barry Foster, Pittsburgh Steelers. There you go. Number five. Um, my number five, for the record, I picked nothing before 1995 because I figure you guys would cover those. So there was a lot of big names that should have been higher that I kind of left because you know, I knew you guys would cover them. Yeah, uh, we'll take care I of got the 90s. Two, I got 2014 a wide receiver for the Ra uh, Raiders that also played a little quarterback and a little bit of running back and was a college uh, uh, Heisman Trophy candidate, and that's Terrell Pryor. He uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, had yeah, 77 yeah. catches, 1,000 yards, and uh, – Never had more than uh, 240 yards after that and played in the NFL for eight years. Yeah, I remember that guy. Yep. I think I remember picking up Terrell Pryor for like a – I needed a quick replacement because so-and-so wasn't playing, and I picked him up, and he scored like a touchdown. If I, I, I think it was that, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to remember if that was him or not. But All right, well, let's go to number four. And, Mitch, we'll let you start number four since you're uh, – this guy had another really long 14-year career, uh, was a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in 1999, and that's Steve Berline. He erupted with 4,400 yards, 36 yep. touchdowns, yep. never threw for more than 17 the rest of his career. Wow, gotcha. All right. Well, he's not on my list. My next three, my four, three, and two are all Bears. <laughs> all right. Because they're one-season wonders. Uh, this guy <laughs> – Back in 95, uh, ran for over a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, after that, after his rookie year, he ended up 600 yards in 17 games, ended up uh, being found in Boulder, Colorado, ended up shooting himself, um, was Rashawn Salam. Oh yeah. I was he, right out of college. The kid was a dude. I mean, he came yeah. out and had a good first season and then, yeah, the bears offense He's was the bears oh. offense. He's a so. Buffalo legend. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he sure was. He so, sure yeah, was. they found him at Bo in the in a park, I think, uh, with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, all right. Well, again, my number four, I, I this guy was cowboy, defensive back. Larry Brown had a huge Super Bowl, had a really good year that year with the Cowboys, signed a huge contract with the Raiders, and only – Five-year contract, $13 million, and he played 12 games for the Raiders. 
and was cut after that. And little did I know, I don't remember this, but he actually played for the Vikings as well for like a game. They were kind of dinged up at uh, cornerback and they brought him in, but they, he never played, but he was on the roster. So, but uh, there you go. Larry, Larry Brown. So, All right. So we up to three. We're up to three and you're up there. Mr. All right. Vicks. I'm up. All right. We're going to go with another bear. Took us to the Super Bowl in 2006. Um, didn't have a monster year, but had one of his best years, Rex Grossman. Um, after that, he, he decided to try to go to Washington, try to go to, I think he went to the Texan. I mean, it was, wasn't good for old Rex. He got his old NFC championship ring and um, that was about his career, I think. You love that guy. God, you love that guy. I love yeah. that, that you love that guy. Sexy Rexy. Yeah. <laughs> so my number three is an actual Viking. Uh, and what do you mean an actual Viking? Well, he actually like, he was, he was a Viking and he was okay. a wizenator. So I don't know if that oh, gives yeah. you any sort of hint there. <laughs> oh yeah. So, you know, it was, it was kind of like two halves of the season. So, but he rushed for over a thousand yards. He had seven TDs and that was Ontario Smith. Uh, Future was looking bright. Everyone was excited. And then he went and got caught with the Wizenator in the airport. And then after that, he was uh, kind of shunned from the NFL. Played up in Canada for a couple of years, but never, never really uh, amounted to much up there. So that's my number, my number three. My number three, uh, I think I placed some higher because he also had a really big mouth his whole career too. Uh, in 2015, Josh Norman for the Panthers had that oh, one huge yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. One all pro a year and then scored it to uh, a $75 million deal from the Redskins after that and ends up, he's out of the league two years later. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him. That was good. Good pick. Good pick, Mitch. So number two, I guess I'll start with number two. And this guy's a Chicago bear. Oh, and, wow. uh, uh, I put William Perry. I mean, the guy was like, you know, he, he had a pretty long career, but, I mean, it was just that one year he had a couple rushing touchdowns. Yeah, the Super Bowl touchdown, yeah. Super Bowl touchdown. Yeah. But did we really hear from him after that, you know? No. Um, I, I love the guy, but then looking back, it still ticks me off that Peyton never scored in that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it's and still, I think Peyton, It still hurts me right here, but. Yeah, I think Peyton was upset about that as well. I think know? so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, just never really, I don't know. One good he he was the he was the flash in the pan, I would say. Yeah. My number two. Well, my All number right. two uh, was due to injuries. Would uh I think had a great career, but had some foot injuries, and that's a uh, receiver for the Giants in 2009, Steve Smith had a thousand yard year, and then right. next year is on to a good start, breaks his foot, one of those Liz Frank fractures that's really hard to come back. Five year career, he's out of the league. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two, 1999, 84 catches, 1,400 yards. That was about all he did for one year for the Chicago Bears, Marcus Robinson. Oh, yeah. Yep. After that, he didn't have a lot of catches. No. And I don't know if that was a, maybe a quarterback problem, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Bears have kind of had a tough time with the quarterback's position. but Hey, yeah. Bob Avellini's don't walk through the door every day. That's right. No. That's right. Or Sid yeah. Luckman's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if I should do number one so you guys don't take my number one. Well, we're on number one. <laughs> I know. Right? One of you guys is yeah. going to take him, I have a feeling. Go oh, ahead. No. Okay. My, okay. My, number one, my number one was Icky Woods. I mean, came out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Had a, okay. good, had a great, had a great, 
rookie season, icky shuffle, all that stuff, and then hurt his hurt his knee and kind of down the hill after that. So, well, my number one started the Madden curse. If that's a clue, be Peyton Hillis. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, yep. uh, Cleveland Browns had uh, 1,200 yards, had yep. 500 yards receiving, huge year. He's going to be the next Mike Allstott and yep. just bounced around after that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, yeah. so my number one, he had the play of the year in the Super Bowl. Caught a five-yard touchdown pass and then caught a 32-yard catch that trapped it to his helmet. They call him David Tyree. David Tyree, yep. yeah. The one-game wonder. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, he's got a Super Bowl ring to show for it. He beat yeah, he Brady. Does. so yeah. He's yeah. got one more game than us. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so there's a six-pack. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I had an honorable mention. It was my my church softball league when I hit those 17 dingers. You know, <laughs> pretty, good, pretty good season there. Uh, and then the next year – was that when well, steroids started getting big or was well that- i i did do peds that year but there was the just more of like i'd have a couple of beers before the game <laughs> it really kind of loosened go. me up and and then and uh, you had the illegal d marini bats probably when they <laughs> well, first came out no 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 that was when i had speed so they were inside oh. the parkers but see when i hit hit my home run i hit one in beulah it was a wood bat no it wasn't it was a it was in a d marini was it all okay. of our, all of our big guys had these new bats and I was the leadoff hitter because I was like hitting at the right field, left field, base yeah. hit, base hit. And yeah, I got up. I'm like, let me use that bat. So I get up there and first pitch right down the heart of the plate. I must have hit the biggest sweet spot <laughs> on that thing and it went out. And I'm just like, I wonder why you guys are hitting the home run. Of course, <laughs> yeah. I tried it the rest of the year and I don't even think I got it out of the infield, but yeah. Yeah. I think there was the one home run used up by me, but yeah. So, yeah. So there's our six pack. Let's uh, we're running long here. So we better get into our yeah. divisions. huh? Yeah. 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 So, so I, I, brought this. I, I figured Mitch would like this because uh, I get to poke Mitch a little bit today because he doesn't like, I've already kind of previewed a little bit to him that, one of my teams that doesn't make the playoffs and he's a little, he's a little irritated with me, I think on it, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So let's start with the AFC. He's ready to go already. So let's start with the AFC. Okay. How do you want to do this? Like we're just going to do division champs. Is that what we're going to do? And then who's going to, yeah, we'll start uh, AFC East. I got the bills. I got the bills. All right. AFC North. I took the Steelers. I think Kenny Pickett's going to come through sophomore year and really uh, Tomlin's Tomlin's always got tough teams. I think it's going to yep. be the Steelers. I did take Pittsburgh as well, believe it or not. So, And I took the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson comes back angry. Okay. Okay, AFC South, pretty crappy division. Uh, I flipped a coin and Jacksonville won. Yeah, Jacksonville for me. <laughs> I didn't really want to pick anyone, so I went with Tannenhill because I love him. So I'm picking yeah, the Titans. Go. I, I there you go. coin flip the Titans in Jacksonville is what I did. Yeah, but yeah. There you go. Well, I don't think we even have to mention AFC West, right? We're all good on the Chiefs. I think yeah. the Chiefs will win it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wild card. This is where it gets kind of interesting. You want me to name my first? Like, I just put three down. You want okay, me to name, name all your three? First team and we'll, yeah. Okay. Oh, first team. I, I think first team, I 
this doesn't mean they'll be like the first wild card or whatever, but I think the Dolphins are going to make the wild card. Yep, I got Miami as a wild card as well. Okay. I do not. Oh, I got them struggling this year. High expectations, and Tua's going to continue getting hurt. Okay. Mm, Good point. So do you want to give us a number one, your one of your picks for a while? I got a surprise. I got a surprise pick. I got Denver Broncos turning this ship around fast oh, and surprising okay. some people. Okay. Weak schedule. I think they're going to make a run. Gotcha. I had Denver picked and I got them scribbled out because I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to ride the Aaron Rodgers train into the playoffs, but that's about as far as it's going to go. Really? Wow. Yeah. Jets are going to win nine games. They're going to make. They're going to make the playoffs. Okay. I took. Uh, I took the Ravens, and this was for me. It was the Ravens Chargers. I know Nolan doesn't like the Chargers. Um, he's just not a fan of. And and I was thinking the Broncos as well, but I think the Ravens will get in there. Yeah, and I I got the Brownies going into playoffs, getting smoked, oh, but they're gonna they're gonna get there. All right. All right. Then my last one, I picked. Uh, I picked the Bengals to make it in there. I think. Uh, I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all those guys. I think they're, they're a pretty good team. So I think they'll they will make the wild card. I got them too. Okay. Okay. I uh, I did have Cincinnati. I scribbled them off because I think Burrow's going to get hurt, and when Burrow's not in there, that team going to falter. And I had Denver in there, cross them out, and I kept the Chargers in there. Wow! Why? <laughs> wow! But I got the Chargers in there making the uh, wild card. So in in less than six letters, Nolan, why is the Jets going to make the playoffs? In or less six than words. Six, six, six words. letters. Yeah. Why are they going to make it? Yep. Um. Adam Lazard, Delvin Cook, Aaron Rodgers. Actually, it's Not probably going to be more on defense too, but fair their enough. defense is pretty stout. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But now, Mitch, you mentioned Mac Jones. Yeah, you know, I I was gonna, I was uh, right away picking Patriots to win their division as a surprise. But then you look at their schedule; they got the hardest schedule right now in the yeah. NFL. Right, and right. I just think you can never doubt Bill Belichick. No, I'm I'm with you on that, and that they they crossed my mind. But I'm just like I'm not sold on on Mac, so we'll see what happens. But all righty, well let's let's head over to the nfc and maybe we shouldn't start with the east but unless you want nolan <laughs> yeah let's go with the east you uh, want to start with the east i right. did a lot of research in this division i've really <laughs> dissected the schedules <laughs> and uh you know you, you know there was a trade earlier this week that happened that uh kind of rocked the uh, nfc east and got the dallas cowboys feeling like they're america's team again and uh i, I think uh, dak is Dak's going to roll. I think he's going to have a good season, and I'm picking Dallas to win the NFC East. So why? So then, what? What does the trade mean then? Well, Lance, Lance <laughs> is there. Let, yeah. just, you know, Lance will be one of those guys that'll come in when they're up forty-two to ten, come out and just run the offense. He's going to be ready if Dak goes down. All right, all right. But well, I I will say I, this. Now I'm not going to mention anything more about Trey Lance. Okay. Gotcha. I I picked the Eagles. I think uh, they're going to be good. I think with their defense, Mitch, hold up. I think they've got some new players. They lost a few, uh, and now yeah. they got some new ones. But linebackers are think- unproven. Linebackers yeah. are unproven. But that's kind of like the running back 
you, you don't need a whole lot of experience. And I, I sure. got the birds winning. I got them. They're too deep across the board. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So NFC North, I, uh, I picked the Vikings, not just because I like them, but I just think they're the best team that's there. I think the Lions will probably be pretty good. I think the Bears will be pretty good. I think the Packers are going to find out that Jordan Love, they're not going to love Jordan Love. That's just my, my thoughts. There's a lot of hype oh, that around kind of it, Yeah. Kind of mirrors mine. I got the Bears winning, but in a log jam with the Lions, Vikings all at the top, and the Packers not winning in a game and in division and winning less than five this year. Okay. Yep. You got the Bears as division champs? Is that what you said? Yes, I do. Please, Same my way. host. I didn't hear it again, Mitch. Wait, who's the division champ? Yeah, Chicago you know, Bears. I got the Chicago Bears <laughs> matching up with the Eagles again in the playoffs, and this time we're going to have a triple doink. No, Woo. yeah, with your kicker, <laughs> with yeah. your kicker, Woo. not ours. Um, I'm going with uh, I'm going with the Vikings to win the division. Okay, gotcha. So uh, NFC South, I got it again. I didn't know what to do, so I just picked the Saints. Just kind of, uh, you know, I was thinking maybe Carolina, but no one doesn't think Carolina is going to be good because they want the number one pick for his Bears, and so. But I went with the Saints. Yeah, I went with Saints as well. They're, that that division is, uh, you know, I'm cheering for Carolina to lose every game because the Bears have their first round pick. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping Carolina goes 0-17 and <laughs> gets us the number one pick overall again. Well, you're not going to like my pick, Nolan. He's I going the Panthers. Panthers. boy. Start, <laughs> start the year 5-5. Five and five. Young Bryce Young has a come come to Jesus moment meeting with the team and they go 7-0 and to finish the year. Wow. This year, this year's Detroit Lions, huh? Yeah, I got them. I'm going to ride that gravy chain all the way to the MC championship. All right. All right. So you're saying they're going to start off five and five? five? Five and five, and then they're going to turn it around with a huge win against the Titans, and then they end with the Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Packers, Jags, Bucks. Those are all Ooh. winnable games. Very winnable, yeah. Yes, yep. So uh, in the West, I kind of thought maybe one team, but then I just stuck with the 49ers. I think they're, yeah. I think their defense is going to be too good. So I, yep. I I'm going to go San Fran. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My wild card. I went with Nolan's favorite team. I think the bears are going to make it. I just, hey, I went with the bears too. They're going to be, uh, they're going to sneak in. They'll, they'll sneak in at nine and eight. Yep. Yeah, my my first team. I had the Cowboys. Nolan Adam as one in the division. I got them as a wild card. Gotcha. I got uh, I got the Giants as another a wild card as well. I think uh, with Daniel Jones and Saquon and all that, I think they're gonna have a they're gonna continue on the success that they had last year. So that's my other another wild card team for me. Yep, I got Giants as well. Yeah, I hate to say it, I got the Vikings. I, I think they're going to find a way. Cousins is going to work his way into one more big deal. He's and then fall off the edge of the earth. There you go. There you go. And then uh, he's going to be a seven season wonder for the Vikings. Right? <laughs> there you go. Again, my <laughs> final uh, forget about him. Yeah, my final wild card team, and I think they could possibly win it all if this guy can repeat what he did last year. Is uh, the Seahawks? Because I think Pete Carroll really knows how to coach a team, and I think um, you know if. Um, God, his name is escaping me. Gino, Gino, Gino. If he can put a season together like he did last year, they will. Uh, they'll be a tough. They'll be a tough out. So, I got Seattle yeah, I got as well. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty even on the, well, on the NFC. NFC there's, I think there's really only seven, eight teams in the NFC that actually look decent. Yeah. I'm surprised none of you guys picked the Detroit Lions to win the division or be a wild card. I just, I, I had them before I heard about the contract. I I had them before I heard about the extension, and that gave me I lost all faith in the line in the Lions yeah. once I heard the Vikings signed Hawkinson, and I'm like thinking, <laughs> how did the Lions get let them get away? Yeah, yeah. I have a, oh, I think they paid too much to TJ, but other than yeah. that, I just I go back to their coach. When your coach says we need to kind of just kind of calm expectations. That's telling me the coach is saying, hey, I don't think we're the greatest. We could be good. I mean, but I don't know. I, I just – those players' coaches, they never really do – they never, like, win, do they? I mean, is is the Eagles coach, is Nick, is he a player's coach or is he more of a, like, no-nonsense he's, guy? He's a Players coach, he's famous for uh, his first year doing that whole speech with growing flowers and the roots got to grow and got yeah. a lot of flag from Philadelphia media, but the players rallied around him and they, they love him. He, he's the okay. guy that does paper, rock, scissors in the hallway. He, he wants to compete all the time. But you don't really see in uh, you don't really see him in the news a lot. You know what I mean? Like where Dan Campbell's like, we're going to kick their ass, you know, or whatever. I mean, he's not that type of a and that's to me, those boisterous guys are like, I don't know. They just never seem to win. That's just me. Why didn't you pick them, Nolan? Because they're Detroit. <laughs> Lions gonna <laughs> Lions gonna lion. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just it it's kind of like Cleveland. You know, when they when they started getting some veterans and that, it's like Cleveland's Cleveland. I mean, they're when you got a history, I mean I hate to say it, but you know, every once in a while, Chicago wins the division and plays gets into the playoffs. But you know, sometimes you think, you know, we got to get something to get over the hump of, you know, do you have the right coach? Do you have the right coordinators? Um, this is the first year in a long time that I think we've stuck with the same head coach, same offensive coordinator. You know, I don't know how many offensive coordinators we've had for Cutler, uh, all those guys that have that have played every year, they got to learn a new system and right. that don't help them at all. So you get a guy that's young sitting now in his second year, third year with an offensive coordinator, same coach, see what happens. So we yeah. got a, we got a, uh, a Facebook from my buddy, Mike. He says too much organizational culture to overcome in Detroit. That's what he put on our, on our Facebook feed. And, and yeah, yeah I would agree. I would agree. So yeah, from, they haven't recovered from the Matt Millen era yet in that. <laughs> no, that was a dark era there. That was, <laughs> we love that. But even back then, I mean, even as a Viking and a Bears or a Packer fan, you never really even worried about Detroit. No. You know, and it, and it's the same thing. It's like you went for those 20 years going, why does Detroit play on Thanksgiving every Thanksgiving? Why wouldn't you put those? top teams in there but i know it's a tradition i know tradition. but tradition. it's always nice when you play them on thanksgiving and you beat them it's always a fun time yeah yeah for sure i was went to minnesota I'm trying to come many years ago that was for thanksgiving with my aunt family there's about 20 family members around the table just happened to be bears vikings on thanksgiving and i was 
Jacob and I were the only two Bears fans in the house. And I think Vikings scored first. I mean, and they let us have it. I mean, it was, I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a long holiday. We ended up coming back, winning, and they were pretty quiet. Pretty had to leave early from the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. They were so, but yeah, I, I no, think this after, gonna be fun. I think after that MC championship game against the Eagles, Vikings fans have learned to uh, not get too excited about scoring first in a big gaming, you know, stay a little quiet, a little humble. Yeah. Yeah. But you, uh, you Eagle fans are pretty mean. I heard pretty rude. Yeah. You throw sweet at Santa Claus and <laughs> throwing snowballs at poor Santa. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know, for the longest time there, they were known as uh, they had bird court where they were the only stadium in professional sports history with a jail where you yeah. uh, have the first appearance. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Ch- Chad was a witness to when uh, we went to the bears Vikings on a Monday night, I wore my Urlacher and he wore <laughs> his Viking Jersey. We were walking in. I mean, even after we won, I was still just like people still screaming at me. It yeah. Was, it was a scary moment in Minnesota. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, for I, crying. <laughs> the only thing I heard was one of the security guards say, Hey, I like that bears Jersey. Is what he oh, said. You remember those two drunk big guys that were bigger than both of us put together. Your team still sucks. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. I was yeah. in awe just being down on the field and by all those yeah. big, huge dudes. That was crazy. That yeah. was pretty neat. Pretty neat experience. You know, I, 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 I've been to about seven Eagles games, and I honestly, you hear the reputation. I firsthand have not seen anything that really goes to the extreme. The, it, it's pretty mellow out there. I think the as long as you treat them with respect, they're they're going to treat you with respect too. They know oh, that, sports. Yeah. And- yeah, that's everybody in general. I don't know if you've ever watched Parking Wars, but they would do it in Philadelphia. Mm. My wife loves yeah. that show on A and E. If their fans are anything like the people that park in Philadelphia, I don't know if I'd want to go to a game there or not wearing, wearing an opposite team Jersey, you know, just saying, Yeah, just saying, you know, Mitch had a story a couple weeks ago and uh, we've all been to professional sports games. Every once in a while, we see something cool, something that it makes history. Um, mine was, we went to the Dodgers Phillies. And I think I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, a long time, quite a few episodes ago but took my boys out to the Dodgers Phillies for a three game series and saw a back to back to back home runs that you only see that on ESPN. Mitch goes, he decides to pull a game out of his hat and goes out to see the Phillies earlier this week or earlier this month and comes away with a gem. Yeah. Got to see Michael Lorenzen in his first start, uh, throw no hitter. And I actually picked that game because I was trying to get to watch Aaron Nola pitch. And when I bought the tickets and then we traded for Lorenzen and went from a five man rotation to a six man rotation. And that put Lorenzen into that spot. And originally I was bummed. I was like, this dude's a flash in the pan. You know, he's had one good year. He's probably going to just be the next Joe Blanton for us and do absolutely nothing for us. (laughs) And goes out and throws a no hitter wearing vans. You know, that's all they want to talk about on ESPN. He's wearing van shoes, throwing no hitters and, it was a great, great experience. The, my fiance Brittany uh, uh, came out, and it's her first ever professional sports game experience at wow. age thirty-one. And wow. so I, I've I've tempered her expectations. I've told her, you know, <laughs> you're not going to see a no hitter every time we go out here. Hey, you never uh, know. She right. might be that lucky charm. Maybe who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that 
definitely got her blood pumping. She now we were watching Bryce Harper hit his 300th and she just looks at me. We should be there. We, we need to go back out there. So <laughs> we're already talking. If they make an October run, maybe we'll find a way to sneak out to Philadelphia and try to catch a playoff game. There you go. I, I don't see that happening though, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I did say it would have to be a NLCS, not a wild yeah. card game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. the wild card is. Them. Yeah. The emotion, you know, last year they had that, that, that uh, one against the Cardinals, but really that, that game against the Braves where Reese Hoskins bat slams after a big home run that that's a moment yep. you'd love to be there for. Yeah, you better go before the NLCS. You probably won't see him. Yeah, I, I expect the same actually too. But <laughs> hey, gotta have high hopes, like Harry Callis says. There you go. There you go. Well, heck, um, we got to pick one more thing, guys. We got a big Thursday night game coming up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Lions Chiefs at the Chiefs. 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 Yeah. I got Chiefs the, by forty. I got Chiefs forty-two to ten. Uh, I don't yeah. remember what I called it, but I know that they were going to win it pretty easily. Yeah, pretty easily. So, yeah, it's going to be an uneventful Thursday night. But then you never know. Who knows? We could wake up Friday morning if Detroit decides to pull off a Detroit miracle. <laughs> yeah. Jared Goff throws for 450 yards. Oh, man. If, then, yeah. So they win their first game, they're Super Bowl bound, and then they lion, and then they lose their next eight. Yeah, so that could happen too. Just remember, well, they that. lose six games in the division. So, yeah, there you go, uh, there you go. So, all right. Well, there first you. one, yeah. Thanks, Mitch, for coming on. We appreciate it. Good luck thanks for the rest of the uh, football season. Take care of the hammies. Don't and your Achilles. Don't be uh, blowing any of that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A smart man, Kurt Michelson, taught me to stretch before every game. So I, I take oh. care of that. But it's kind of funny, you guys. Make sure you're doing it. Uh, like the I always like those basketball refs that come out and three minutes before the game, all of a sudden they're over on the sides or stretching <laughs> out. I'm like, you might want to have done that like back in the locker room when you were <laughs> run some sprints, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of funny. There you go. So, all right, Mitch, we appreciate you coming on, bud. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, hey, you bet. Up. See you later, Mitch. All right, so there you have it. Yeah, cool. So, hopefully, cool. this worked out. Yeah think it's uh pretty good pretty good we had and of course we're not in prime time so we all had a few people on facebook live but well, yeah you know, some people the... some people do work during the day so yeah we do uh <laughs> we do a nighttime one we might have more up more uh, people listening but yeah, we might we would something we can talk about down the road but i know you're yeah. busy with your football games coming up and all your broadcasts and all that stuff so yep yeah but we do i know we have been talking about doing uh two a week yep so we'll kind see of how that a, works out and doing like a Tuesday night one just to kind of recap the weekend in football and all that sort of thing. Yep. Or we do Monday night before the Monday night football game. We could do that as well. We could do that Tuesdays as well. are usually sports games because you'll probably have soccer on Tuesdays, won't you? Yeah, yeah. So, but it's only like a seven week season. So oh, okay. Yeah. But all right, buddy. All well, right. let's uh let's see how this works and hopefully we can get it up onto Spotify as well. Yeah. Yeah, good luck on that. Yeah. Uh, hour 15. We appreciate everybody that came in and the people that are listening now. Yeah. That that aren't live. Um, we we're gonna be doing this every Friday. We're on episode 30 right now. So episode 30. Japers. Yep. Very good. So we'll talk next week. Sounds good, buddy. Okay, Chat's thanks, good. Chad. Yep.